0: to episode 11 of Scott Wheeler's Airplay, where we go behind the scenes to meet some of your favorite radio and TV personalities and see what they're like off the air. We uh, air on Facebook Live currently at Peoria Life's Facebook page. You can see future and uh, past episodes of Airplay on uh, Facebook, YouTube, Peoria TV, which is channel 17 on the i3 broadband system. And it's posted all over the internet, so you can't escape it. Today, our guest is Doc Watson, who uh, we first met in 1996 when he came to Peoria to do what was then kind of an experimental, innovative show called The Morning Mix, which was a combination radio and television show done on WMBD tv and at the time 93.3 FM. Since then, he's been doing uh, radio in Peoria and playing lots of hockey. Doc, yes. welcome. Nice to see you, Scott. <laughs> All right. So let's go back to the morning mix days. You okay. get this call. You're from Michigan, right? So you're up in Michigan. You get yeah. this call, and they describe this show to you. What was your first? <laughs> <laughs> Your first thought.
1: Well, uh, to be honest with you, I w- we were living in Toledo. Jeff- Toledo? Yeah, I knew Jeff Lamb. Okay. Uh, from- we had worked at the same classic rock station in Toledo. Okay. Worked a few years together there, and we had done really well, though we weren't partners. Mm-hmm. Uh, people think, well, you must have known him from there. We did. We partied in together and-, and had a lot of fun, but we didn't work together, technically. So Jeff called me, and I remember I was at my fiancé's house uh who is now my wife, Linda. And uh, and I was like, do you wanna to go to Peoria? And we're both like, Peoria, what? <laughs> no, come on. But I also knew, um, I I had big dreams, you know, who knows? Well, how far is my career gonna take me? I'm never gonna get another chance to do TV. Mm-hmm. And with a face like this, this is probably gonna be the only chance. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> yes, that's
0: why we're on radio. Um, so
1: I, I definitely thought, well, that that's, you know, I'm never gonna get another opportunity. I was actually doing sports, sports talk at the uh, AM kind of leader. and. Mm-hmm in Toledo at that time. So I had a gig that I was happy with, mm-hmm. but uh, but the pay was better. And my wife and I were both kind of you know willing to gamble. She's from Toledo originally. She had been divorced about a year and had three kids. And mm-hmm. I'm like, are you willing to go to Peoria? And she was like, yes, let's get out of Toledo. <laughs> because we were in Toledo and she was like, she didn't want to stay in her hometown that badly. Mm-hmm. So that's how, we came about, how it came about. I wasn't the first choice either. And, uh, and I crack up our when I hear people's stories about you know, succeeding in something and they were like the third or fourth choice, I was easily the third or fourth <laughs> choice. I think it was, uh, I wanna say his radio partner for a while might've been Dave Calloway.
0: Uh, well, Dave was doing the radio side okay, uh, yeah. here in Peoria when you came to town, yeah. yeah. So yeah. he may have been in the running. I think he was in the running <laughs> and I think
1: Chuck Collins may have been a possibility. Ooh. And then, and then his TV, no, sorry, his radio partner in Toledo, Mark Benson, who's okay. been there a long time He's uh-huh. still in Toledo, he was an option. And then I, you know, stumbled into it. So <laughs> here I am, twenty. Well, we're years glad later. you did. That's how I look at it. So as you
0: look back at that show, what, what made it work? What were the challenges? What were the fun things
1: about it? Well, a lot of challenges, um, because we were at that time. I think maybe Don Imus might have been the only guy with a with a camera in his TV show. At that time, yeah, but they didn't really play to the camera, right? And we were going to try to do something different, so we weren't like unique. It's not truly like the we had, nobody had ever tried this, but we were trying to play to both the camera and radio, and that was really challenging. Yeah, we had we had so many meetings that would last so long, you know, like uh, and we we'd go, wait a minute, can Darren point at the weather clouds and say, "There's a bunny there," and what about what are the radio people going to do? Right, and so we had so many debates. It was really. Uh, hard on our brains Mm -hmm. every day Mm -hmm. now we got to do this again tomorrow Mm -hmm. (laughs) so (laughs) I remember that first day we all got done where we made it we got done and then the next day we have to do another show tomorrow yeah we were exhausted uh but it was fun it was challenging and definitely stimulating and uh what else were you asking about
0: well just uh you know what uh (laughs) what do you remember about the show that made it work and that you enjoyed
1: well the, the the part that made it work I think is that None of us were beginners. Um, you know, you had Jeff Lamb, who was a successful morning DJ in Toledo. Had a bunch of characters that he did, and we always had to figure out what could he do on the on the TV, what couldn't he, and they were always kind of edgy too. So that was another thing. <laughs> we find out lots of kids were watching. <laughs> it is the morning, yeah. after all. <laughs> So that was an evolution. But uh, but you had you know he was a, he was an accomplished broadcaster, and and um, Darren Adams was a, a great talent on. On the weather mm-hmm. portion of it and so he was quite accomplished too he had done a lot of things and so we weren't beginners and then the news person was amy news or, right. originally mm-hmm. and then we went through a few different ones <laughs> it was kind of like the, the drummer in spinal tap <laughs> 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 bianca beth brotherton and eventually we wound up with renee charles right who's from here and uh-huh. she stayed till the end also uh-huh. so but i i think that nowadays you it would be really hard to duplicate it because you you know we were paid a little bit more than a, a typical morning TV show would mm-hmm. so that got us all together mm-hmm. and then we, so we weren 't beginners and we all had a little bit of something different and mm-hmm. a little different talent and I think you just couldn 't do it now unless you were willing to pay more and that 's usually maybe in a bigger city mm-hmm. and it, you know and it's, it's, it is a hard show to pull off I will say that well,
0: it was k- kind of reminded me of a throwback to a variety show yeah. almost with. Yeah. With entertainment. I mean, skits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, that hadn't been done before. I don't care what Don no. Imus was doing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um.
1: And, and the show, quite frankly, was, orig- you know, Jeff Lamb's brother, Bill, was the GM of the TV station. Mm-hmm. Without that, it doesn't happen too. Mm-hmm. let's be quite honest. And I'm sure many people wanted to get rid of us early on, saying, what is this? <laughs> Our ratings were bad to begin with, and they went down for a while. <laughs> so, um, so as it turned out, uh, I think that um, having Bill there was was, one, a great, he shepherded us through... Mm-hmm through the tough times. But yeah, we had to figure out with Jeff's characters. He, Jeff and, and the radio could have a conversation between his characters seamlessly, three, mm-hmm. four characters. Mm-hmm. Well, you can't do that on TV. Right, right. And so, but the show was geared toward Jeff early on. And then eventually we all kind of found what we were good at. Mm-hmm. And I love sports, so I got to do sports. And, and pretty much, I love George Plimpton. I don't know if you remember oh, George yeah. yeah. So um, I got to do anything I wanted. I mean, they let me mm-hmm. take a camera. Big Daddy Bill Marshall was our camera guy yeah. since retired, and and once a week, I could do whatever I wanted to do. You know.
0: So real- you'd go out on the street and do stuff. I remember that. Pretty yeah. much every week
1: for six and a half years, <laughs> you know, And then sometimes I was blank, had nothing. But, but I did some bits that I was really, you know, happy with and mm-hmm. some were funny and some were not. But either way, I was going out once a week with Bill and then, you know, I'd learned how to edit because I didn't know any of the TV skills. Mm-hmm. Jeff and I were radio guys. We knew nothing about how to edit anything and do, you know, look at a camera. What mm-hmm. camera? Where's the camera? We didn't know any of that. So we had to learn on the fly. And, you know, like I said, for that, I'm grateful Bill Lamb was around <laughs> to, to kind of let us get through those growing pains.
0: So eventually it came off radio and was just on TV, on WMBD yeah. TV. That probably was a bit of relief because then you could go back to a more visual reference yes. show.
1: Yeah. Um, and, and Mike Wild, who we both know, uh, said, you know, you're driving people to the TV. And, <laughs> and we were, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And yet I also heard from people who would drive in and go, oh, I could visualize what you're as we're mm-hmm. talking about because i just want you on the tv yeah regardless uh yeah then we only had to focus on the tv mm-hmm. and, and that was better and uh and yeah then it became whatever it became mm-hmm. until the end
0: it had <laughs> quite a following i mean it, it I remember a couple of live audience shows, and I was amazed by the number of people that would show up at five in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: (laughs) Big show Friday. Yeah, Uh, yeah.
0: (laughs) this is Jeff Lamb's idea.
1: Let's have a comedian in from the jukebox, you know, so we got to know all those guys super well. And then if we had a local band or somebody else Mm -hmm. who had done something. I got to, uh, once a week, oftentimes I would interview high school coaches, um, and they'd bring in their you know they and and that's like not not done it's done but the way we would do it we would always try to put a little bit of a goofy spin on yeah. it it was we were trying to be comedic and sometimes we succeeded
0: do you keep in touch with jeff Darren, amy any of those guys
1: through the wonders of facebook, facebook yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean i know what they're all doing now and uh, they're all <laughs> Amy went back out east, and Jeff's back in Toledo being an entrepreneur and dabbling with the business. And then uh, Darren has become a motivational speaker. Really? An entrepreneur, (laughs) and he flies all over the country. He's constantly in different places. And, uh, yeah, he's written books and... uh, he sees quite a unique character.
0: Does he still <laughs> point to clouds and found If I did, I'd work that in, Seba. <laughs> that was just great. <laughs> no, no bunnies. No bunnies. Just go out and be your best bunny. <laughs> We're talking with Doc Watson, who we first got to know on The Morning Mix, which we've been talking about, but now spends his time as the uh, midday host on 97.3 Natch FM and the late afternoon host on 95.5 WGLO. So the transition kind of back to radio after The Morning Mix, uh, you've kind of worked your way around town and you're still here. I
1: I, I believe there's a great book that I'm going to write one day about it, but... You know, during the six and a half or so years I was on TV, um, when I went back to radio, which I I had my thoughts about moving on to bigger towns like you. I've worked in some big towns, and, and, and I thought I should... Always try to strive to work in the biggest town I can. But then my family uh, yes. was here, and they the kids were funneling through Richwoods, mm-hmm. and so we ended up staying until the last one graduated. Which then I'm here 14 years, and I'm back in radio, and you know we stayed, and I'm and I'm glad mm-hmm. the way it worked out. But I will say I remember the whole tape thing, which like when I was working in Toledo, we were still working on eight track tapes and you know <laughs> carts as we called them. And when I got back into radio, yeah, it was all digital. Yeah. And I was lost. I was back to you know I knew how to speak. on on the air, but the uh, technical side of it, I was lost. and Mm -hmm. uh, So that was a tough transition. And I don't know if you haven't kept track in my career, I'm sure, like I had to live through, but I probably worked on half the radio stations in this town, (laughs) is my guess. And and I'm kind of embarrassed to admit that, but it's just the way it worked out.
0: But you're still here, and that says something. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I
1: found a home. I found a home that um, I'm going on like nine years now, so uh, it's been
0: good for me. So you do a midday show on a country station, 97.3 Nash FM, and then you switch hats and do uh, WGLO, which is a classic rock. Is that a little schizophrenic for you? Pardon the word? Yeah,
1: um, it's a little bit. Um, uh-huh. What the, the harder, Probably the hardest part I found is going to country. Which I had dabbled. I'd done like four months once upon a time at uh, WXCL, as uh, a matter of fact, <laughs> uh, briefly. Uh, so I, I liked country, and I've been to some country shows on my own. I do like, you know, I do like more than classic rock. You know, I'm kind of eclectic, but. Classic rock's my wheelhouse, and it's what I know best. But um, at any rate, uh, so getting to know the artist and getting up to speed on a format that you Mm -hmm. weren't up to speed on, Mm -hmm. that's challenging. So that takes a while. I feel like after two years or so, it's it's, it's now fairly comfortable. But at least I get to use my same name. Um, I will tell you, when I was in Toledo and I was doing classic rock there, I would drive up to Detroit to do um, light rock on weekends. And they would make me use my real name, Paul. Uh-huh. And, and Doc has been a nickname that's been with me How
0: did since you get that, by the way?
1: Ninth grade baseball bench. So it's been a long time. I had it before I even thought about doing real You were Doc
0: as a nine-year-old?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I was, I, I'll try to condense it. I was uh, I was on a baseball team. I was pretty good in baseball. And then we got a new coach who came in, and I had chicken pox that year. And I missed like tryouts. So somebody talked him into keeping me, but he wouldn't play me. So I rather than get really angry, I just kind of became this Dr. J. Leaky
0: character. Dr. J leaky. Doctor J leaky. <laughs> was the whole character. I, okay. You were doing the morning mix in baseball. I was. I was.
1: And, and I would be the clown, the, like kind of the uh, the bench clown, and I would flirt with the uh, the scorekeepers on the other team. And I would. Arnold Schwarzenegger was just coming out. I was real, I was tall and skinny. I would stuff shirts down my down my jersey, and I would walk over and flirt. You know, guys would get it. The coach never knew what was going on, uh, but the guys would just just uh, scream because they were like, "You're a nut!" Man. So eventually, uh, the coach let me play and I did fine, and and I was a decent baseball player back then. But Dr. J. Leakey, so then I think the school, the rest of the school thought it was Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson. Oh, okay. So quickly, like within, it seemed like within weeks, now the whole school knows me as Doc. And (laughs) And I was, you know, I was a skinny, tall kid. I was just like cool. I got a nickname.
0: <laughs> so anyway, we were talking about you being in Michigan, yeah. using a different name. Oh yeah. Name. So I had to
1: go to, I had to go, uh, I didn't have to, I chose to. I went to uh, the weekends. I, I worked for WNIC, big juggernaut yeah. AC, yeah. Uh, always tops in the ratings right mm-hmm. up. To, and they would ask me to use Paul Watson. So I'd, I would literally get off the air on Friday nights in Toledo as Doc Watson on the classic rocker, drive an hour north, be on the air at midnight live, back in the days when everybody was live. uh, And I would do midnight to six, at least in the first six months or so. And I had to be Paul Watson. And and, and then I'm (laughs) sleep deprived too. So on more than one occasion, I would say on Detroit's nicest rock, you know. It happened a couple times. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, do you ever do that currently and forget which station you're on? <laughs> uh, yeah, usually
1: usually I catch myself pretty quickly, but at least I don't have to mess with, what, what am I going by, Doc or yeah, Paul here? Right. So it's just Doc.
0: So you do what I think is kind of a lost art, high school football games in yeah. the fall, too. Yeah. Now, that kind of must take you back to your first love of sports yeah, and so yeah. forth and radio. Uh, that's a cool thing that that's still done
1: it, well, yeah, and, and to be honest with you, we're owned by a big corporation that's mm-hmm. out of Atlanta, mm-hmm. and, and I'm kind of thinking that they would rather not have it because, frankly, they would rather keep their, their content pure music, you mm-hmm. know, on a classic rock station. However, we do make money for them, mm-hmm. and it's a great, you know, inroad to community connectedness. Yes, dance. yes. And so, therefore, they've kept us. And <laughs> so we're going on nine years now. Uh, it's called the Red Zone. Mm-hmm. And and to be quite honest with you, you know, it's funny how it's not things just Evolve and it's not, it wasn't my idea, mm-hmm. um, honestly. I, I did high school football here for the first time with Dave Murphy. Got to give him credit because he yeah. kind of got me back into it. Yeah. I had done it back in the late 80s for a couple of stations when mm-hmm. I was like just beginning mm-hmm. and um, and I was terrible. And then I worked with Dave Murphy at WAM uh, for a couple of years while I was kind of dabbling with radio. Am I going to get out? Am I not? And so, but as, as this state, this was Red Pitcher's idea. Red Pitcher is the GM, or he was over at our. Uh, Bloomington uh, complex Mm -hmm. and and cluster. So it was his idea because they had been doing it on Mm WJBC-AM for years and years. They have like a person at every game in their market, and they bounce around. And I I thought that was really cool. Mm -hmm. They don't. I don't know if they do a main game. I think they do. Anyway, so that's what we had hoped to accomplish here. We started with three games. I would be on the main game. At that time, it was Bruce Cowdery was my color guy. Wow, yes. And then we'd have two reporters at other games, and we'd go to them and Mm -hmm. live – or taped whatever uh, as need be, and if our game became a blowout, it was really nice to hand it off to somebody else. We have got uh, we've got this uh, great guy Tom Meredith out of uh, Galesburg who does Galesburg Radio. Mm-hmm. He's our number one guy now. Now we just have one main game and a secondary mm-hmm. game. And so if our main game is not a good game, we throw to Tom, who's just like us. He's been in radio forever. Mm-hmm. And he'll do play-by-play. And uh, so, you know, now it's Tony Johnson and I. Mm-hmm. And uh, we can t- relax for, you know, 15 minutes. Because that's, you know, we're on the air for probably, with the pregame, three hours. It's a lot of talking after I've been on two stations that day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> talked for eight hours already. <laughs> Tony's probably chomping at the bit to get more yeah. airtime. I'm like, I've had enough. <laughs> but, no, I, I love doing it. It's, it does feel great to... Be connected to the community. You, you know these towns around here. I love their football, oh, yeah. and uh, it's just a nice thing to be able to do. I don't know how long it'll go. I hope it goes another ten years, but it's been fun.
0: Most exciting game you've called? Can you? Can well, we've a done
1: walk? we've done state title games, so that's a tough one. But I so I would assume. Let's see. We've we've watched Richwoods lose. We've watched Dunlap lose. We watched Peoria High win. So it's pr- probably the Peoria High Lions of 2016 exciting. when they won yeah. that game. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: All right, I'm going to get personal on you a little bit. You have been very real and transparent about your uh, sobriety Mm -hmm. journey. Yeah. Um, Can you share a little bit about that? Because it's been an inspiration to me, and I think if more people heard what you've been through and what you're going through, um, it w- it would be a help to people. So I want to give you the opportunity to share that.
1: Yeah, well, I, I'm one of those guys who you know, I started drinking in high school, and I, I was one of those guys who could keep it to the weekends for the most part. Mm-hmm. But uh, but even whenever I was young, you know, I would I would drink to excess, and I would you know occasionally have scrapes with trouble, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. But but for some reason, you know, like we're we are stubborn creatures, and you know you think you got it got it under control, and so this went on for. Decades and decades. And so finally, um, um, I got on a job currently that uh, at, the, at that time I didn't have to go to work till like noon. Um, And now I go in about 11-ish. But Mm -hmm. either way, uh, it was like I could drink any day because I knew I could sleep in and and still function at work all right the next Mm -hmm. day. So it started increasing. I was actually pretty good about keeping it to the weekends for most of my life. And once the kids were out of the house and I could sleep in till noon, uh, it got out of hand. I just started drinking for no real reason. And then it becomes a habit that you really can't break. And, and I couldn't at least. And that's that's the best thing I tell people. I said, you know, because people do come up to me now and, and they worry about themselves a little bit. I can tell when so folks are going, Oh, well, I used to drink a lot like mm-hmm. you, Doc. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you know, if you can quit on your own, by all means, or if you can limit on your own, mm-hmm. by all means, do mm-hmm. it. And that's the key. I could. I got to a point where moderation, I didn't drink every day. I didn't drink in the morning. But when I drank a uh, three, four, five times a week, it would be, enough to get pretty, pretty snockered. Mm -hmm. And, and I couldn't put the brakes on after one or two drinks. So I I knew before I even went into the the group I'm in, uh, I knew that I, moderation had just gotten away from me. I no longer had that skill. Mm -hmm. And I, and I admitted that, and my wife, you know, kind of gently nudged me. She never gave me the ultimatum, but she was very good about just, you really should get some help for that, Mm -hmm. you know, without saying, I'm going to, I'm going to leave you if you don't. She never said that, but it was kind of one of those situations. She pushed gently and enough, and mm-hmm. there were enough tears and arguments that uh, I finally got—you know—got the, the light bulb went on. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. and I admit it. I you know just surrendered and said, you know, I, I need help with this. And when you do that, then then it becomes much easier. And it becomes uh, the reason I stay sober is because I like my life better now. Um, you know, I like. That's it.
0: probably the key. It is. You can see the difference. Yeah, if yeah.
1: I was if I was unhappy sober, I would go back to drinking. Mm-hmm. But I but I'm I'm happy sober, and again, I have a fellowship that I meet you know with, and we have coffee with, and breakfast, and you know three, four, five times a week. So it takes up a lot of time. I will say that of mm-hmm. my week, but it's worth it, and I get a lot of enjoyment, and, and just my life seems to be fuller and richer. So that's why I I stay doing it.
0: Well, good for you. How long has it been?
1: Uh, three years and wow. three months. And I could probably give you the day exactly. Seconds but <laughs> and minutes. <laughs> yeah, we, we cherish those anniversaries.
0: <laughs> I remember back in the days of the morning mix going over to your house and having a meeting. And you had the most beautiful husky dogs I have ever seen. Are they still around or do you have replacements? We're or? on set two. Set two. Yeah, yeah. That's a special dog to raise because they're not inclined to being domesticated, are they? No, they they are
1: very, um, I would call it mischievous,
0: which I kind of admire. Doc didn't have a couch at that meeting. It had been eaten. Oh, yeah.
1: That first year, I think probably first year of any dogs, but especially uh, Huskies. They're a high-energy high, high energy dog, and they, they have to be walked. And they can't be like, at least this is what we were always told, they can't be let loose in the neighborhood at all. They can run and run and run. And and not get their way back mm-hmm. and, and and maybe you don't see them again. Mm-hmm. So every time they would get away from us, oh my, we go on panic alert. <laughs> the neighbors get involved, we get on the phone. One out of 12. Oh yeah, it's, it's neighborhood search <laughs> is on. And the last time the one got away, because we're on set two, uh-huh. um, uh, <laughs> the last time one got away was about two, three years ago and, and somebody had taken the dog in at an apartment complex mm-hmm. We think his intentions were good, mm-hmm. but nonetheless, we went two hours before we found said dog, and he happened to be smoking a cigarette <laughs> outside his door. The dog we li- or the or the no, my, my dog? <laughs> they don't smoke. I took you so long. <laughs> you know, <I've> been waiting. <laughs> now the guy says we we said to him, hey, do you have a do? You, have you seen a husky dog? Oh yeah, I got one in my in my apartment. He bit my dog. <laughs> like, well then, wouldn't you just release him? But anyway, there are there are a lot of fun. I, that's another thing I have to fit in because I feel I'm responsible, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. pet owner. And so three, four or five times a week, I got to get them out. I mean, if I was really good, I would do every day, but mm-hmm. so we walk on, a, you know, mile, mile and a half, something mm-hmm. like that. And uh, that keeps them happy. And they're, they're a delightful dog, you know, full of personality yeah. and they're beautiful. They are. I get comments every time I'm walking just yeah. about, you know, Hey, I wish I had one of those. I'm like build a, <laughs> that's one thing. <laughs> the old, the original two uh, were a little larger and they, and they quickly learned to, scale our four-foot fence in the backyard <laughs> yeah. without touching it, just like a deer. It was be- quite beautiful, you
0: know. Until <laughs> we got to the other frightful. side. But
1: frightful, <laughs> yeah. So we had to put in a six-foot fence.
0: <laughs> so now we got our house
1: pretty, you know, dog proof
0: Because <laughs> they're, they're mischievous. Yeah. <laughs> well, time has flown, as per usual, here on Scott Wheeler's Airplay. We've been talking to Doc Watson, formerly The Morning Mix, and now you can hear him every day at 97.3 Nash FM or or and 95.5 GLO. Doc, it's been a pleasure.
1: Thanks, Scott. Good to Uh, see you again.
0: Absolutely. Remember, AirPlay can be seen on Facebook or PeoriaLife.com, YouTube, and Peoria TV Channel 17 on the i3 broadband system. Till next time, it's Scott Wheeler for AirPlay. PeoriaLife.com.